This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. The following episode is one of the infinite debates these monkeys have had. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Clap, clap. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, now's the time to be interesting. Uh, go. Concrete facts here. All right, I'll give you some concrete facts here, Gunner. It is. Oh shit! What day is it today? Uh, it is February. Tuesday. Uh, January thirtieth. Tuesday, February twelfth. Uh, uh, That's a fact. <laughs> uh, what are some other facts? It is six uh, forty-five p.m. Uh, present, I think, anyway, in digital form, are three infinite monkeys, Tail Gunner, and Tyler, and this is experiment zero two zero. A discussion on, I'm going to get to that in a sec because I don't want to ruin it, but let's just say for right now, it's a discussion on the snowpocalypse that we're all experiencing Ah. and to take an emotional baseline reading because I've had to stare at Teo's face and really want to ask this question. How are you doing today, Teo? I'm doing pretty good. It's been pretty quiet here. You know, it's snowy outside. Can't really go outside. How's the 21st century? Uh, 21st century is good. It's nice to have Wi-Fi again. Spent like five months without Wi-Fi. That was exciting, but yeah, no, no. Living, living the monk life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a pretty quiet day. Just working. How how have you enjoyed this? The 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 powder that has fallen from the sky. That that sweet sweet cocaine. <laughs> uh, it's been pretty nice. Uh, haven't really gone out to play in it yet, but um, it's really nice to look at. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, Gunner. How how you been doing? Me, I've been I've been doing I've been doing really well. <laughs> that's, that's it. We're giving you nothing, Tyler. We're giving you nothing. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. Well, you were you were going on about how there's these. Uh, I remember last podcast. Man, I'm just dredging up the past. Um, <laughs> you were saying about these empty empty gesture kind of moments, and I was just mm. like, man, this is one of those. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing good. Do the casual, like, tight lip smile at the as you pass each other in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've been doing really well. Um, yeah. Finished up some stuff that I needed that's been on my to-do list for the last while, so that's always nice, right? And I hate the snow, for the record. Like, I'm not happy that it's snowing. You're not happy. Cold. You don't like this. No, everything everything about it I, I can't stand. So, so I hate. is it snowing a lot there, too? It is pouring. Pouring snow. So yeah. so, yep. so you, you not only uh, dislike the cold, but you also dislike snow? Or is snow a silver lining? Both. Both. Just yeah. hate all around. Stay inside. Yeah. Just hate not around. happy. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what, what, what everyone hates about 
the snow. Like I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm I'm never really a snow hater person. I love the snow. I love how it looks. Um, I love that it doesn't smell. I guess now that I think about it. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind like walking through it. I don't mind driving through it. It's not really hard. I guess like the only thing I'm ever worried about is that other people can't drive through it, but yeah. they seem pretty okay here. Unlike in other cities I lived in. And you always have to take a, take a risk though, this time of year, whenever you're driving, it seems. Eh? But like here, they seem a lot better. Like they're basically all, do they? Yeah. yeah. They're basically like all Albertans going at 90 kilometers an hour. Yeah. <laughs> In Vancouver, it's like you go to the driveway, they spin out into a ditch, fall down, fall down into a river, and then drown. It's really funny. No, nobody has winter tires here. It's just everyone's slipping around. Yeah, when it's it's, it's really when funny. It's, when it's uh, snowing in Vancouver, you just uh, don't go, you you you're basically like I don't have work today. It's just a fact. Yeah, uh, I, I know uh, BC both BCIT and SFU have shut down. So is UBC Vancouver. So is University of the Fraser Valley. <laughs> you know what wasn't shut down? my school nice <laughs> yeah why don't we get snow days i wish i wish we could be kids again get those snow days I, i've you want to know a crazy fact i've what? never gotten a snow day once in my life what for real really yeah like i i don't like i don't know if you both grew up uh out out, out here but uh somewhere somewhere along the lines um my life involved growing up in vancouver whereby mm. the first 17 years of my life they decided that snow or schools cannot close due to snow because it is a public babysitting service and <laughs> it is too much a burden on families when there's a snow day and it actually might be dangerous to children because parents are still going to work and have no one to cut, actually monitor their child so they always keep the school open um and then immediately when i graduated um out of high school it proceeded to have a week long snow day weeks like the following year <laughs> and um now universities are closing down and even e e even like i went to school also at like sfu and uh when i was up there um yeah um they expected you to hike up even for the bus run, <laughs> to to hike up and then yep. ski down the hill regardless yep. and now it's like oh there is like a half millimeter of snow Literally all of Vancouver doesn't expect you to go to work and everything's canceled. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had a similar thing where I, where I lived. It was definitely just like everyone, no matter what rain or shine, like the worst weather, like two feet of snow had just fallen the night before. And like, they actually haven't gotten to the roads yet. And no, nope, school's still open. <laughs> Gotta go. Meanwhile, like, yeah, we, we'd watch on the news on like, the global TV or whatever, Vancouver's just like bedlam after like a half inch, <laughs> yeah. a, cent a centimeter, yeah, two centimeters. It's just like the whole city's come to a shutdown. It's just like those soft city boys. <laughs> yeah, they just don't prepare, don't just don't prepare for it. And I mean, yeah. to, to be fair, it is a coastal city. Like it's, it is milder, but yeah, still, do they even need to prepare? They run for into this it? problem every year, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> They they, they, they they say they're not prepared for it, but like they do have salt trucks. They have snow plows. Yep. Just no, everyone right. refuses to buy snow tires. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I all got, it yeah, is, is no one I guess, wants to I guess buy snow is. tires. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Why do I got to buy snow tires yeah. for that? Three days it snows here. It's I would rather just people. not have it's a not city. The, it's not the city's fault. It's the people. Oh, yeah. And, and also Skytrains can't run in the snow because if yeah. there's snow on the Skytrain rail, 
apparently the Skytrain will derail. That's fair. <laughs> it's re- reasonable reason to stop the Skytrain. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's silly up uh, on Burnaby Mountain here at SFU because, uh, well, one, it's a mountain. And so if it's snowing all day, um, you know, p- people have to drive up the mountain and buses have to drive up the mountain. They also have to drive down the mountain. So if it's fine in the morning, uh, you know, you'll have buses and cars driving up in the morning. And then... If it's blizzarding all day, they shut down the buses and then you get a whole bunch of students trapped at school at the end of the day. This has happened. I think this happened a couple times last year. I don't think it's happened yet this year, but it might. I, I, in one of the days when I was uh, doing my undergraduate degree there, um, I actually didn't have, like it was, this was a Friday and I didn't have class on Friday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what historically happens, it's kind of funny if you're an undergrad at uh, SFU doing classes because if it starts snowing really heavily, usually what ends up happening is you have one or two students run into lecture halls saying, if you don't leave now, you are going to be trapped up here because this is they only have two more buses left going down the mountain. And then proceeded, everyone like mobs out of it like a zombie apocalypse started, runs to the bus and tries to get the last seat. It, it's, it's quite amusing. That's hilarious. But anyway. So Tyler, what was on your mind? Oh yeah, uh, on my mind, the... Oh man. So there's been a lot of a, a lot of things on my mind, um, and I actually got uh, texted uh, two topics as we started this, but I won't go into those because I want to start with one that I kind of realized that I don't uh, necessarily really think about it too much, but it, but every occasionally I see this one um, sentiment pop up, and it is kind of to do with. Um, the idea of that human beings should not be quitters. And that is usually like a statement that's just generally made. I saw about this in, in this last week, for some reason, I guess that's the, the, the Facebook feel good quote going around is uh, that um, humans, uh, you know, when things get when things get hard or they don't like something, they just tend to quit. And so we should um, push people to not be such quitters. And that's usually the quote that the 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 meme or the the inspirational imagery tells the reader. Um, and I was wondering, in terms of. Uh, uh, your feelings on the the idea of quitting? Do you, what is kind of your baseline um, opinion on that word and being able to quit things? My or my my opinion on the, uh, the the notion of quitting, quitting, like like when to quit or when not to quit, that kind of thing, or. Do you have, well, I guess starting, do you have any like knee jerk, I guess it sounds, with the silence, it sounds like you don't. When you hear the word quitting, <laughs> you don't have any emotion attached to that at all. Well, um, I guess not very strong. No. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll have to think about that because because I I do uh, I I do have the impulse of like oh I need to get busy I need to get get going, um, like if I'm watching TV or something or doing something in an unfocused way I I, I do feel an impulse to be like okay I I need to be going. So you're kind of something. you're kind of like I I I have this um this feeling of um. Or, or this awareness, this meta awareness of when I'm not being productive, I'm going to be productive. But in terms of the actual idea of quitting something, that's not something that comes across your mind on any sort of monthly or yearly basis. Uh, I, 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 in a way, like if I'm working on a project, I do try to, like I have a tendency to uh, focus and or like uh, get focused on the details. And so I have to consciously be aware of the big picture. And sometimes when I notice the big picture, I do a check of like, okay, am I actually working in the right direction here? Maybe I need to quit pursuing this thing and pursue this other thing. But Uh, that, but, but, but but even that is still sounds like that's just uh, course redirection. You're not necessarily just giving up on it altogether. You're kind of saying, oh, I'm going too far in the wrong direction. Let's kind of course correct to make sure whatever I'm working on is completed. Yeah, 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 I guess so. How, 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 about, how about you, Gunnar? Have you, do you have any knee-jerk responses to the idea of quitting? Because I don't want to quite provide the context yet. I'm almost confused what you what you're what you're getting at with the context because it depends me on the context like with a lot of things uh the context of what you're quitting it 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 matters quite a bit and so whether or not you want to quit like smoking or quit exercising those are two things that carry with them you know good and bad aspects so like if you're gonna quit practicing at something that you've always wanted to be good at i would say well don't quit that be a bit more tenacious and and persevere through whatever you're doing or why ever you're feeling that that way but if if something is is objectively doing you harm and you're like i need to quit heroin i would say yeah like quit heroin so those are my knee jerks is it it kind of depends on what you're what you're talking about, what you're uh, thinking about quitting. So there are some things, like there's a class of things that should never be quit. And there's some things that you should quit. Well, like, uh, yeah. And it comes down to whether or not that thing is starting to do self-harm. Yeah. So where, where, where this um, ended up coming from, and there's kind of three, um, different scenarios um, that kind of all conglomerated into me getting um, very uh, opinionated for lack of a better word, especially on um, social media. I kind of had a minor <laughs> rant about it. Um, and, 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 and the first, the first idea is peddled by um, a lot of successful people. And this is and, and and this and this, so this this wasn't quite the um, the idea that broke the camel's back. But if you have uh, Bezos, like Amazon CEO, actually he's actually pretty good. But people like Bezos. Um, th- th- there was like some sort of Forbes article earlier in the 
or late last year um, in 2018 that said um, essentially that if you to be successful, um, it just involves not quitting and you have to sit there and hustle and grind and work 80 hour work weeks. And that's kind of been a thread that um, I've always um, kind of you know, fought against. We kind of talked about a bit, a bit about it two weeks ago um, in episode uh, 17 um, with the whole uh, how to be successful in grad school and life in general. Um, and so we've kind of already talked to, talked about that one. Um, but, you know, I still hear these every single day and I'm like, and it's kind of starts grating on me. Um, the, the second evolution to this um, ended up kind of being that, uh, for over this, over kind of January and the beginning of this month, um, uh, a lot of people I've seen on like my social media feeds have been posting, um, kind of, I guess, millennial bashing articles for lack of a better statement. Uh, so they would, you know, post the, the rigmarole of millennials are lazy and entitled, it's kind of what what a lot of articles say when you type millennials and bad things in the same thing and you put it into Google um, and you're into the same Google search. Uh, but the, 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 the one that kind of uh, specifically uh, got my attention and kind of got me riled up, and if we had a Jamie here, I would say put it up on the screen and we could all see this. Um, and... It is. It was in context of um, kids, and I guess that's what kind of really uh, uh, made me more emotionally attached to this idea. And I'm just gonna. And, and I actually saved the picture, so I'm gonna just read it out. Um, and it it it's it has some kids playing on the left, and then it has this text, and it says, um, "When my daughter says." not that the daughter matters, but when my kid says, this is too hard, or I don't like it, or I want to quit, I wish that she would understand that life is always going to be hard and not always to her liking, period. Mm. That quitting mm. is not an option when you have people depending on you. That's when I simply look at her and say, put on your martial arts uniform and let's go to class. And yeah, there that, are a lot of different things there. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. it, and it's and, and and usually Facebook these these statements don't um, usually trigger me so hard. I kind of laugh at their 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 vagueness. But I but personally, uh, I think that what was said there is quite a dangerous and misleading statement. So. Before I kind of go into my own opinion, um, Teo, you sounded like you had some sort of initial reaction when I said that. You're like, oh, I get where he's going now with this. Well, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I get exactly where you're going, but just with the, that, that meme that you quoted, uh, it sort of conflated um, the value of, have, of, of, of having responsibility uh, with, well, I, I guess... Doing something that you like, uh, that might not make sense. Like the, 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 the kid would be complaining, um, that, uh, could be complaining about doing something that they don't really like doing. 
maybe what they're doing. Oh, okay, great. You're, you've got screen share going. I'm right, Jamie this is now, too guys. hard. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Uh, right. So when the kid says, this is too hard, yeah. I don't like it, or I want to quit, um, that, that very well could be just because she doesn't want to do that thing. Um, maybe she, if she was doing something else, she wouldn't want to quit, you know? Um, and, and so therefore it's, it's, it's not, uh, a, a, it's not a question of, you know, is she responsible? Right. Like that's a different point entirely. So Gunnar, how, how, what, what is your initial knee jerk? Um, yeah, well, in, in terms of what, like just the quitting, because like, I agree with Teo uh, that, that the, the, um, this karate class probably isn't, isn't equivalent to like personal responsibility, but I think it's a common struggle with people on how to teach children, um, lessons and and maybe uh one of the ways that that has been successful is is doing something that encourages them to go out of their comfort zones and and push their boundaries and get uncomfortable because i i'm a big believer in the fact that you don't grow as a person unless you're uncomfortable and so as a parent you almost have to push your child to be uncomfortable and to get in those positions or else they won't grow. So like if, if it was harming her in any way to go to karate class, yeah, I, I would be a bit more uh, sentimental towards her and a bit more empathetic, but you know, what's, what's working out gonna like rolling around just the other day, we were talking about how jujitsu is a, is a great thing for people to just, do to be happy not only because it's it's exercise but it's also community so i i don't know i i i think that that on some level the crux of my argument is that parents kind of owe it to their children to put them into uncomfortable positions so that they can learn from that or else children will just stay children so there the one thing that i i, I think i have to start with commenting on is the theme of that nothing that 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 taking them um, feasibly, if, if we just keep this conscious of children, taking them to this class will not do them harm. Now, the I guess the psychologist in me, me wants to ask, what do you mean by harm? Because how do you know it doesn't harm them? Uh, well, like, I don't know what metric specifically, uh, karate class would affect negatively, but I'm, I'm sure that the, the overall benefits outweigh the possible negatives. Like I used to take Taekwondo when I was a kid and I like the types of things that they teach in, in, in like martial arts specifically are, are really not harmful opinions and the and the skills that they try to teach you aren't really that harmful and and it, it, they're more kind of like s guided towards self-discipline and self-defense rather than i don't know uh like putting yourself into an unnecessary uncomfortable position and doing horrible psychological damage they 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 stress the idea of perseverance and and that yeah like 
it's one of the it's one of the main things one of the main themes that comes up uh in martial arts is you have to persevere through it so i i don't know it's i can't so, see it doing any long-term harm maybe okay. if they were maybe if like something happened that like like they broke a leg or something karate kid I mean, the, 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 there could be harm in, uh, like, there could be a high opportunity cost. Maybe they really don't want to do karate. Maybe they really want to do, um, I don't know, fencing or something. Um, yeah, and, that, that's a really good point, I think. That you could be doing something better with your time. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> Teo, I'm just going to go run with your idea because you got there qu- quicker than I, uh, than, than, than I anticipated this conversation going. Um and my my initial personal reaction on this was that high opportunity cost because while while these these ideas um, you know you could say they're not necessarily harming because you have um, uh, because they the 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 intention of the ideologies that martial arts teaches. I don't think anyone would necessarily disagree with um, my, but my, I, I do, I do kind of have a counterpoint to that where first I kind of equate that similarly to um, other things people can do like uh, public speaking uh, where that technically has good ideologies. Like you should be able to speak publicly and be able to convey information in a public manner because that's what you kind of have to do to be a human being in society. You can't just text for the your entirety of your life. Um, so there's for learning teaching someone how to public speak. There's kind of an ideology there, but you know there's some. Um, I don't know if you know, but there's some um, pushback on the idea of teaching people to public speak because there's a lot of um, mental anxiety around it. Um, right. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my first one where I, 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 I my, my first point where I, I don't want to, I, I have issue conflating the ideology of something or the ideas behind something as not being harmful because, you know, other things that have good thoughts behind them, people are saying is harmful. And I, and I, and I don't like, as Gunner know, as Gunner and Taylor, you know, I, I don't necessarily like statements that can't be extrapolated to every idea. So that's kind of my first issue with that. My second issue is with with the, as Teo kind of said, um, I find the idea that th- there's actually two different ideas here in this kind of quote. There's the, this is too hard, or there there's the, I don't like this. And those right. are two entirely different reasons for 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 wanting to quit um and 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 to kind of put that into uh, more context is the 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 facebook commentary like the next comment i read immediately under this was um something along the lines of a mother saying i um tell my boys that if they don't do this then they can choose to live in another house or not eat dinner. <laughs> like there, like there, there's hostile, like there's some sort of hostility there, but they're like, but, but, but everyone just kind of sees this as don't quit. And I think, and I think in society right now, the idea of 
not quitting something is quite a strong social force. Um, I almost see the idea of telling of, of people not quitting or as I said, another way hustling as almost as much as I see very, very left-wing ideologies fight Jordan Peterson. Now, I, I, I just want to say like, I, I think that encouraging people not to quit is much better than coercing people through like essentially torture. Um, like a mom shouldn't withhold food or, or like <laughs> shelter. That's, that's a bit insane. Um, but, but I think that if, if someone's having like a, a tough time at, at a sport or something like that, and they're saying like, I, I don't like it, you should probably try to get to the reason why they don't like it. And then you can kind of identify maybe other th things that they don't like and then apply that towards maybe where you go to choose the next thing you want to put your kid into. Right. Because this kind of is along the, 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 in the vein of like how to raise your kid, it seems. And so like, don't force your kid. If they're crying and screaming, getting into the car, uh, to go to go to hockey practice at 6 a.m. Don't force that on them. Find something else that might be a bit more appropriate and, and try to use that opportunity to identify what, what about that specific sport was wrong? What about that specific activity? Why is it that they didn't enjoy hockey? Well, maybe it's not hockey. Maybe it's the fact that it's at 6 a.m., right? So there's a, a lot of things that it's, it's 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 really it's a it's a simplification to just say uh, don't quit anything because right. you can use these to identify and 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 better go forward with how you're going to find an activity to do because I really think the idea of perseverance is important but only if it's something that makes sense with with who you are right if it, if it does jive with your goals as a person if 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 those two things can't be can't be squared then there's not really a point of undertaking this activity right so at, at some point you have to use this almost diagnostically right it's it's a it's like an opportunity to learn um when you like yeah if you're like you like you said if you're driving your kid at six in the morning to hockey practice and they're crying um it, that's a instead of just you know trying to force them not to be a quitter which is a very vague and broad value to try and inculcate in a kid you can take it as an opp opportunity for them to reflect on why why are you crying what about this don't you like what do you what, what would you like to do instead why you know <laughs> yeah. sleep I'd rather sleep <laughs> right. yeah yeah just just to think about it and uh, yeah uh, facilitate them better understanding who they are and your understanding of the person that they're becoming. So this is the, the when you, when you look when you look at it from a from a from a from a um, a kid being the subject, it gets it gets kind of murky, at least for me anyway, because um, I don't know how much um, either of you have necessarily worked with kids, or if you have nieces or nephews who are young. And it's generally that they're not very directly articulate. Like they don't exactly know mm. why they don't want to do something. Um, they they can't. It's it's not like you know it would be like me or you, where where I would just 
logic, my, I don't like this because X, Y, Z. Um, mm-hmm. I would, the kid, I guess for most people, at least the ones that I've, I've seen, they would just be screaming. There's no words coming out. They're just, they're just <laughs> screaming yeah. and yelling and, <laughs> right. ah. Um, so, so yeah, so they're going to have a temper tantrum. So it's, it's, it's up to you kind of as the parent to like use that diagnostically. Um, just cause that was like the context I was, I was, I was right. looking at. Um, so, so I don't so, it, go ahead. Go on. But I want you to go. go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. So well, let like, me tell you what I think. Uh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the, uh, like the thing is I, I'm trying, I, I want to veer away from, from, from kids because I, I, I don't think any of us could personally say that, um, uh, uh, this is how you raise a kid. None of us, full disclosure, <laughs> have children that I know of. Um, unless yeah, I don't think uh, so. Tao's hiding one in his basement or Gunner's hiding one in his other room. Um, I don't think children are in our premise. Um, nope. But uh, I, I guess my, my, my first question is, is, is along this same line, let, let's, let's add an extra 20, 10, 20 years to this, child, this child's life. And now we're talking about adults or young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're doing something, when do you, when do you make the, 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 the distinction that what I'm doing deserves to be quit? And I don't know if I should leave the question like that, or if I should spin it as a, um, a, a more personal thing where is there a time in your life where you were doing something um, where, and, and then at some point during doing it, you're like, do I keep doing this or do I quit completely? I'm not redirecting what I'm doing. I'm just leaving this here. I'm walking away for whatever reason. Yeah, totally. So, that, so in, in your case, Teo, if you don't mind, what, what was the scenario that you wanted to quit something and did you quit or not? And why or why not? So in my teenage years, I, uh, uh, played a lot of tennis. Uh, that was kind of my life. I started homeschooling when I was in grade eight, just so I could do tournaments and train and stuff. And that's that was that was everything. And um, I was lined up to try and uh, get a, a tennis scholarship in the states. That was sort of my plan after graduating high school. And then I, when I was about eighteen, I rolled my ankle and then got in a car accident <laughs> and it was out for a long time. And then just decided that, uh, um, uh, that I didn't really want to be a, a tennis player and that I had sort of, I had this like long stagnant vision for myself of being a professional tennis player. That was kind of, I, I just stopped identifying with and I decided to um, pursue uh, school, knowledge, learning, because my brain will be active, you know, hopefully uh, for, you know, most of my life, which hopefully is long. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, a life as, as, a, as an athlete uh, peaks for like 10 years and then falls off. Yeah, so, so so I decided to just 
stop playing tennis. And actually, I I I I, I did quit like cold turkey. <laughs> I I played a ton like every day, hours a day, and then just stopped. And I haven't really played much since. And 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 how long did it take you to make that decision? So you kind of said that you rolled your ankle, and I don't know if that caused you to get in a car accident, or you rolled your ankle and you got in a car accident. It's two independent incidents. Right. But, two, two independent incidents. Okay, yeah. so, so just two <laughs> subsequent things that inhibited your ability for tennis for a bit. And so mm-hmm. how long were, like, because it's, kind of, it's kind of a thing, it, 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 there, there's kind of an interesting thing, at least for me, where it's, was, did, did those events make you not be able to play for eight months? You had eight months to think, or was it kind of like, I could have played within like two weeks of it happening, but I just like immediately thought, no, I'm not doing this. Like how fast was that, that resolution for you? Well, what happened was like, I was like really tunnel visiony on the tennis for like a few years and then, um, rolled my ankle and I was up for about three months from that. And, and then I, uh, got in a car accident and actually got a, got a concussion that was not very nice. And so I was out for a few months on top of that. And in all that time, I, uh, like just, uh, you know, was reading, um, started learning the cello, started teaching myself the piano and stuff. And I, yeah, I was just, I had a lot more time to think. And I, I, th- I think I pursued the same, I had the same tunnel visiony approach <laughs> on uh, music and thinking and writing and stuff. And uh, w- once my body recovered, I just, you know, I, I got, I got used to sort of the, the, the more sedentary lifestyle, <laughs> I guess. So you would kind of say that it was, you were, you, you kind of, just fell out of love with it because you because you couldn't do it you kind of were doing these other things and just kind of happened to at one point realize i'm enjoying these other things and i don't necessarily need tennis is that kind of the scenario that or the the kind of the thought process that went through a void was created by injury and i filled the void with other things yeah how about uh uh, how about you gunner well like I dropped out of college the first time I went there, but it's nothing as dramatic or, or I didn't have as much reasoning behind it as, as Teo. Um, I just didn't like where I was, uh, what I was doing, the amount of money that I was spending on doing it. I just felt like it was uh, counterproductive to what I was trying to do. So I just kind of cut that cord uh, after the first first unsuccessful semester that I had trying to be, uh, an engineer. So that just, that, that just kind of sounds like you, you, you looking at school being like, fuck you, 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 you thinking I'm not good enough. I'm just leaving then and not giving you $3,000. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. Yeah. In a way. Um, but, but yeah, the, the main reason for that was, was because it, and I, I identified it later was that it wasn't necessarily the, uh, learning that I didn't like, but it was, um, I was living in Penticton at the time and commuting about an hour north every day to Kelowna and back and forth every single day. And so I'd spend, uh, about two hours of my day, um, just commuting. Um, and then that ate up a ton of gas money and, and so on and so forth. So it was just really unenjoyable because of the drive. It wasn't anything to do with like learning or anything. It was, it was kind of, uh, 
the drive that I hated. And, and, and for either of you, it sounds like this quitting experience was never like, and this is kind of something I now, I, I find actually really quite fascinating to listen to. It sounds like neither of you had difficulty quitting. It was kind of like, it just seemed organic. It was never like a struggle. Like I kind of imagine Teo sitting there saying, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, every, I put all my cards into being a professional tennis player. I was going to be the male Serena Williams and I was going to go and <laughs> be a world champion and everyone would know my name. And okay, I guess that's not, I, I guess I actually know that thing, but I don't want that. I saw Teo, you uh, shaking your head. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it wasn't uh, that straightforward at the time. Um, I think, I think, just I, I, you know, um, several years after that, so it's easy for me to just summarize it. But um, at the time, no, I was really confused, and you know, I had totally identified with being a, an athlete and tennis player, and you know, that's who I am, that's who I'm going to be. So I was, I was very, very lost, and um, in terms of my identity, I didn't like immediately identify with, oh, I'm someone who thinks and I'm a musician or whatever. I, 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 uh, I, I felt pretty, uh, yeah, lost, uh, confused, but I, 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 I knew what I like to do. I, I like to play music and <laughs> do that, but I, 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 so I had a significant drop of confidence, <laughs> After after quitting tennis, and and I don't I don't know if, if, if maybe for me it was it, it, like the, the the things that I think about are just so like the struggle for me was so easy like uh, a strong was I don't know if that's the right word I want to use but I can remember like almost going through the 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 every single motion of going from doing something to finally saying, Hey, um, I'm quitting. And most of like, most of the things that I've actually quit were like a three to four year plus long decision. Um, and so for me, like I can, I, I can kind of, uh, 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 if, if I think about it for a couple seconds, I can kind of think about how I came to that decision. Like I, I can kind of almost pinpoint it down to one moment that made me, um, or two moments that kind of made me realize, okay, this isn't the, this isn't the best thing. Like, like there is some sort of story be how I, how I came to terms to realize that quitting was the best option. Um, so for you, Teo, like going from t- tennis being your everything to not, is there a single moment or, 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 or at least a, a, a span of time where you can think that these kind of decisions made me come to realize that quitting was okay? Or is it just kind of so confusing and so complex that you just kind of woke up one day and realized? Uh, I, I, th- I, I don't, hmm. I think there were probably a few moments. I only remember one that made me realize that the world was bigger than it was like my, my future included more than just tennis or, you know, it could include more than just tennis. And I remember, um, driving home from a tournament. I was like 16. My mom was driving. And, um, at that point I, I started to write a little bit. I was doing a bit of writing 
And um, my mom had mentioned sort of in passing that I was, I, I had some skill at it, that, that like I, I was kind of, I was good at writing and that it would be worth pursuing it. And I, that, that moment sticks out to me just as saying like, oh yeah, I, I, I have other skills <laughs> that I could put, put my energy to and, you know, it, yeah, just just uh, moments like that, uh, you know, having an affinity for, for 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 the cello. When I started taking lessons, I, I took to it reasonably quickly, and just like, oh, okay, I I, I can do other things than play tennis. Were I, you I, were I, you I, yeah? Were you you mentioned you're coming back from a tournament, so that was prior to any of your accidents. Yeah. So was the cello prior to any of your accidents? Like, did you no. start learning that before? Or was that only after? The cello was after. The, the writing was, was a bit before. So, so you kind of realized that you had this creative side to you right. nested within this athlete while you were still an athlete. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you think that that helped with the, uh, like, cushioning the blow at all? Because it kind of gave you it replaced a crutch almost like one thing for another. Yeah. I, I, I think it did. I, I think I actually wrote a lot when I was, when I was injured. And so that, that yeah. Uh, I, 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 I would flip it over to, to, to Gunner, but, uh, Hey Gunner, do you have another thing you quit? Cause man, your, 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 <laughs> I quit school was so rational that I that, yeah. that I don't really have much more to to to, to extrapolate, and I and I feel like I'm going to go down to a a uh, a therapy hole with Teo going through his <laughs> life story of how he became the person he is today. Or is uh, it- anything anything else that I quit? I have no idea. Uh, not off the top of my head, I can't think of much. I mean, how how did you feel about being an engineer? Like, did, did you identify with that? Is that something that you really wanted to do? Not really. Like, it was something that I went into half-heartedly, so it wasn't very difficult to remove myself from the situation. Um, but, yeah, like, I really, like, I, 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 I don't know anything that I've actually quit that, that I've been like, oh, my God, I miss, I miss this so much because... I just keep doing everything that I do. See, see the one thing Except I find, school. The one thing I find interesting about Gunner, like just from what I what I know of him, is that it seems actually, like actually, oh, I have something. I I okay. recently this is this is something that I quit. Is that I was trying to be a doctor for a long time, and I recently kind of gave up on that idea. So I guess in a way, I've quit the pursuit of medicine. So that's something. Hmm. Well. And that's a big that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can we can we can unpack that a bit more. But I feel like again, this was something that I've I, I came into a bit rationally because um, maybe this is me rationalizing it right um, because I I just once I got into uh, like the university and 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 post secondary and especially into my grad studies, I kind of got 
a better, more clear idea of the things that I wanted. And so I guess this might be like with, with time, with age, you kind of get to know yourself a bit better. And, and the job that I had signed up for to go to school for, I, I was kind of under the impression that you would get to spend a lot of time with people. Right. And this is something that I, I've heard is a is a common criticism with doctors and physicians nowadays is that they don't get to spend that that patient face to face time very often uh, unless they're like really specialized. And it's it's typically like 90 percent of your day is doing paperwork. So the reason for me quitting this was to preempt something that I realized I hate doing, which is paperwork and I learned this in my grad studies because I there's so much bureaucracy that <laughs> is associated with it that like I had no idea beforehand and I'm yeah I just I couldn't stand that that side of it and I couldn't imagine myself spending 75 percent 85 90 percent of my time and effort doing that rather than helping people and and I guess one of the ways that I came to this conclusion was that uh, a lot of like my mentors and colleagues and stuff said, well, there's other ways to help people, right? You don't have to specifically help them in this medical capacity, even though that's kind of like, I, I suppose, a fantasy that I held to to help them in that context, because health is such an important aspect. How better to help people than improving their health? Um, but I've kind of, guess, accepted the idea that there's other ways to help people that don't doesn't involve uh getting an md and uh and that it really wasn't for me in the first place so i guess yeah th those would be the reasons why so yeah preemptively so you see that's what i that's what i find interesting about about your life is is, is it seems like you've you've kind of always you I, I guess if I if I go back to to, to, to Teo's description at the beginning, you did you do redirects, meaning that you kind of quit before you get too committed with one thing, and there's never been necessary. There's never been something. I, I see you saying something. I'll, I'll stop in a sec. No, it's it's no, it's a great point. Um, where 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 you, you you've never ha held something that I know of that you have either identified with or truly actually loved and enjoyed and had to be met with a dilemma of whether or not you should cease doing it. You've never had that moment, mm -hmm. have you? I, I, I don't think one necessarily comes to mind because yeah, I, I take a very non-committal approach to a lot of the a lot of the things that I do. And I kind of just meander through things that interest me. And and so uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know why, but I've definitely, yeah, kind of done that. But once I commit to something, I typically commit as much as I can up until the point that I'm like, this isn't really what I want to do. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll redirect as, as best I can, I guess. Yeah. So if, if, if you, if you don't mind and I, and I, and I grab my psychology therapist notepad and put on my, um, Sherlock hat, um, yeah, sure. Sherlock hat. the, well, I was going to say my psychology hat. And then I realized that I, I don't even know what that looks like. If that's even a thing. Um, I don't think I've ever, do they, do therapist. psychologists usually yeah. wear hats? <laughs> Have I ever seen a the, ther the therapist hat. wear a hat? <laughs> yeah. I always just imagine Freud with a pipe. Mm, yeah. Pipe. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll get my pipe. 
with my Sherlock hat because I've already put it on. Do you, <laughs> yeah. do you think that possibly the reason that is is because you um, discovered the things that you like late quite late in your life. Like you've kind of almost discovered the stuff, like the stuff that I know you, that you like to do. I basically, from my understanding, you've kind of only started exploring those interests in the last six or eight months. So for example, you have your piano behind you and you've kind of only really started exploring music in the last six to eight months. And from, if, if I'm just throwing words out there with absolutely no basis of fact or evidence, is it possible that, you growing up, you, 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 you might not have had, um, the opportunity to explore things that you even might have possibly liked back then. And just, it just kind of happened to be that, oh, I'm just kind of living my life through these motions because I have to survive. And then, Hey, now that I'm an adult with at least some spending money, I can now explore what my actual interests are. Yeah. Uh, like essentially I think you're spot on. Um, I didn't, like the high school that I went to, it didn't have a music program at all. So I didn't, I, I think the only exposure to music that I really had before I was an adult um, was the recorder in grade six or <laughs> five or six. And I think everyone's had that experience, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, so I had that. And then, um, yeah, the, the high school, the other place where I, I moved away to, it just didn't have the funding. They had a, a drama, uh, drama faculty, but they couldn't afford band instruments. Um, so yeah, I never had that exposure to, to, um, to music. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say that, that it's, it, it is an exposure thing. Now, do you think that that has a benefit or do you think that that was kind of like in hindsight a a a an annoyance to your development that you found these things so late? Oh my god. Um talk about biggest regrets of my life. <laughs> if I would have understood how much I like just to play around on the piano when I was 4, um, I think that my life now would be way different than what it is. And so um, I, I don't like to live with regrets. So I can't like, ah, oh, shit, like damn past me for, for not being a toddler and, and just having that autonomy to go pick up a ukulele and, and, and you know, show my parents that I liked it or something. Um, I, you can't think like that. You just have to keep, you know figuring out what you like and just pursue it because that's that's really the only way that you can can find some some meaningful happiness i think and 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 before 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 i round back uh, over to teo just out of my own curiosity have you explored anything but piano and beat making like i guess you do have guitars now that i think about it but like the piano uh, is definitely like, the no, one it, you like the most yeah the piano is definitely the funnest um, it's definitely the one I like, like playing the most, but I think that's just because it's a sound, a sound thing. Like you just press the keys and it sounds nice. It's so easy compared to a guitar, which you have to like strum. Uh, I bought a violin when I was 21 because I was like always really obsessed with a violin. So I, I, I bought the, I bought that. I think I was 21, something like that. Uh, but that was like 
so beyond my head as someone who doesn't have a musical background trying to learn a fretless instrument. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, it, absolutely <laughs> insane. Like Teo, I, I'm surprised that you're learning. You learned the cello. Like that's well, that's similar idea, but it's bigger, bigger intervals or something, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I took I took piano until I was ten, so I had like, oh, that's s- nice. some musical ear. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard to learn a fretless instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what the point I was trying to make with that whole thing is, but definitely. The piano. Yeah, I, 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 I just find that interesting <laughs> because, like, like for me, what, what I personally found was, um, I've, with my age now, I've been exposed to so many different inter- instruments, and and what I mean by that is basically within the last decade or so, I've pretty much played almost every single instrument that isn't made of brass. Um. <laughs> And what, 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 what I realized is that, at least for me anyway, and this is the only reason I'm going off on this tangent, was that I found that out of all the instruments I played, I tended to not like ones that, uh, kind of rounding it back to the beginning, I didn't like ones that I found difficult. And mm-hmm. I don't think that difficulty had anything to do with my skill. I, I, I just kind of had, I just have this feeling now, being the age I am, that there was that there is certain instruments that my body no matter how much time i put in just really does not want to learn that instrument um so i can i, I again kind of like teo i played piano for five six seven years or something like that and 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 personally while i while i can you know muddle my way through it now it was always something i had to constantly work out and play okay and then I, I then eventually in my, my, my high school, I tried moving to guitar. And for some reason with me and guitars, I just always mute strings. And, and I, I, I've still, I, I realized then four years later it was probably because I bought a really cheap guitar, which is the cheaper your guitar, it's harder to play. But either way, I'm sitting here playing, I'm playing this guitar. It's not sounding good. It's, 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 it's difficult. I'm yelling at my fingers because I can't properly fret strings without muting the f- string right beside it. And it's not a fun time. Um, and then what I and then and then in my l- young adulthood, um, I had the opportunity to blow um, about uh, uh, five thousand dollars on a drum set because um, drums, like you know, being the most expensive instrument ever next to a piano. Um, and and the, and the interesting thing for me was it it almost like clicked right away like it was such an easier experience to learn for me and because it was and i I guess what i'm saying is 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 this instrument came naturally to me it wasn't a struggle to ever learn it wasn't i wasn't fighting with it and so when i look at when i look at gunner for you you kind of got your you haven't touched a piano I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating there, but you didn't touch a piano until like four months ago when you bought it. Um, and then now I'm kind of watching you do the things you're doing and you're just kind of like, yeah, look at me play this thing. And I'm like, how the hell did you learn that in like literally four months? Um, so anyway, long, long tangent short for me, it was what, what I found with the least music instruments is I personally identified with the one that I was naturally gifted at to use some sort of like supernatural description 
And so for, 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 for Teo, um, you know, I've never seen him play cello and I don't even know if he's there right now because all I see is his lovely smiling face. Hello. Is, <laughs> hey, there he is. Um, <laughs> is, um, he's, you know, he really enjoys his piano, really likes playing it, but he's also, you know, based on the excerpts that I see, ridiculously good at it. Um, you know, worked at it. But when you, when you kind of get that, when you get as good enough to improv, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like you need to have some sort of natural affinity towards an instrument. That was a very, very, very long tangent, but I just wanted to kind of round I, out. I and think say, you're kind of right though. Like, I, I think that people kind of naturally have an, an affinity for things that they like. And, and that is almost like a self-sustaining fire for a lot of people. Um, once you find something that you really, really like, then it's just like doing a drug for, for them. Every time that they do that right. thing, it's addicting. And, and, and you, you, you feel more, I don't know, uh, able to convey yourself in, in like a new different voice, like for music especially, but it's not just limited to that. It could be, it could be whatever form of creative expression. It could be, you know, bodybuilding. It could be whatever you want. Um, but, but yeah, like it's a lot of people will gravitate naturally towards things. And, and I think it's really important to uh, identify and, and, and try to figure out what those things that you really like are. Find your, find your heroin, but not actually the opium. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think there are actually, there, there, there are two um, variables, I guess, to consider here. One is like natural ability and then the other and, and and like that sort of just that's like that gets you through the door and then there's the other variable which is um desire to persevere through learning something like i i, f I find uh this distinction to be really helpful when thinking about uh doing mathematics um for instance like uh, most people have the ability to um like uh, like uh, at least most university students have the ability to um probably uh, like vast majority of university students could do an undergraduate degree in mathematics if they wanted to like they, they could complete it um but uh, a lot of where a lot of people fall short is the uh just uh desire to persevere through math problems um I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and so, so it's. I, I think I think that's. I, I, I think it's a use. I think it's helpful to just make that distinction to, 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 to well, anything really. Like, a lot of people might be able to play the piano, um, but uh, they just don't feel the, the pull, the, uh, the desire to just persevere through um any barriers or difficulties they don't have the, they don't feel the rewards uh when they do resolve various uh str struggles and things so do you think that like um the if if bringing it back to what we were talking about in the beginning if you're uh like this parent and her karate kid 
Um, is perseverance like kind of something that isn't an innate ability and it's something that you have to kind of be trained and shown how to do. And, and the only way to demonstrate this is kind of through, you know, forcing yourself into positions that you might not like or, or something along those lines. Um, because I feel like it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like the idea of willpower being a muscle that you have to work out and flex is, is, uh, something that I've, I've heard before. I wonder if that applies to perseverance in a person's ability to do that. I think so. I, I, I I think it can be a good thing and a bad thing. I think you can get really good at doing things you hate. I think you can train yourself to do that. And I think you can also, uh, get really good at doing things that, that you love. And that's probably easier. I mean, no doubt you have to be able to do both, but um, I, I, I think a concern, I, I think something to maybe be concerned about is that if you have a choice to, you know, do what you want to do and or, or do what you don't want to do, um, being able to discern uh, the, the difference between persevering through persevering at something you like to do and persevering through something you don't like to do is, is important. I'm, I'm still struggling with the idea that, that willpower is a muscle and the reasoning why, and, and, you know, I haven't, I haven't put on my soapbox yet this episode. So I think I'm going to bust out my soapbox (laughs) now because apparently I have to have one monologue every uh, episode. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, feel free to cut me off because I know that I deserve it. Um, now, the the reason why I struggle with, with willpower as a muscle is um, personally, from my experience, any time that I needed to persevere through something, it has never been to this day something that has been internal for me. Um, anything that, anything that if I, if I don't need to persevere through something, like I'm just going to do it. Cause it's, it, there's no, I, I have no struggle there. Um, and, but, but there's, there's, there's two things that, that, that come to mind, um, in, in my life, which, you know, if I go and explain them, it'll take an extra 20 minutes, um, which I won't, so I won't, I will save you that story unless you actually want to hear it. But essentially at these times in these moments in my life, I was at a point where, where, where it was the, the world, uh, that I was in was so unfair against me. Um, and to the point that, it was, it, it was a scenario of do or die literally. Well, not literally. I wasn't going to die. Um, I might've, but anyway, it's a different story. Um, but the, the, it was like this do or die scenario where, where the, the amount of expectation and, and, and that was put upon me was put there only to make sure that I quit. Um, Tyler's and, Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> And, and yes, exactly. And 
if and and if they kept piling on expectations and if you didn't meet it you would essentially i i, I would have spent um just kind of put it in some sort of context that makes sense i was doing something at that moment in my life that costed let's just say $50,000 and as i was doing it every single time i i i you know i went to go do said task there was one more expectation added and one more expectation added and one more expectation added and this was a project that lasted um just over 12ish months and if I did not keep on meeting the expectations over those 12 months, I would essentially have lost $50,000 and a year of my life and possibly profit for the next five years. Like, like it, it was quite significant. It wasn't just like, Hey, um, I did a bad business decision. It, it, there, there was a, there was a lot of, it, it would have heavily influenced my life from that point. And I, I, I very clearly remember that, in that in that moment, there was nothing left in me near the end. Like I made it about I made it about eleven months. So it started in January. I was about it was I was about November, and I was like six weeks away from 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 getting getting across the finish line essentially. And I was like, I'm done. There's 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 nothing left in my tank. I physically could not possibly do it any do it anymore. To the point where the only the only way to physically meet the demand that I had was to legitimately not sleep, and if I and 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 so basically it involved me having to power nap for half an hour because you just physically do not have time in the day. I don't care who you are. There was it was so impossible, and the reasoning why was. The person giving me these expectations literally did not want me to succeed. Um, they had other motives and stuff, um, and so, and so the only reason in that scenario why, um, and I, and, it's, and I understand it's kind of an extreme scenario when I explain it like that, but the only reason I was able to persevere or have willpower through it was because literally um, the person that I was living with at the time stood up and said, I'm going to help you do this because, um, I understand that you're at the point of being so like mentally broken that you physically almost cannot move. And the only way that this can get done is if another human being literally helps you. Um, and, 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 and that kind of notion has any time that I need, that I needed to persevere something. And I don't know if this is a similar thing is, Someone else, it was always that someone else had to give me some sort of support, whether that was physical support, um, in terms of doing something and helping me out or just in terms of mentally doing something. And because it's, it's, it's always been an external force helping me persevere. I can't, for me anyway, I can't see it as a muscle because it's always been someone else kind of being like, okay we'll get, we'll get through this together type of a moment. It was that, you know, the hand on the shoulder and then the consoling, I'm here for you. Um, I, I don't know if you guys have the, the, the same thing. Like, do you, with, with, with kind of giving my example, do you still kind of have thinking about your own life? Do you find that, 
willpower or perseverance is a muscle. Like in those times you had to persevere, was it, was it at a point where, you know, it was between you quit. Cause when I, cause when I'm thinking, when, when I'm thinking about saying it out loud now, what I'm thinking is if you're not in that, if you're not in a scenario whereby it's an external force helping you to persevere, the internal struggle that you have is not, Hey, I physically can't do this. I need help to get through this moment. It's I'm in a moment whereby I can either be, for lack of a more better way to say this, lazy and just not do it and give up, or I can just keep doing it. Um, and 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 maybe and maybe for me, because the reason why the reason why I don't see willpower as a muscle, not I'm saying it out loud, is because I have never had that moment in that context where it was. I'm quitting because I'm being lazy. Um, and I can only personally see it, in, in, unless you can think of an, uh, another example or scenario for me, I can only see that statement work if you're using perseverance to describe, do the, do the task or be lazy. Is there another scenario where you can persevere without having that kind of be the two options? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I... I I I guess you can in the con in, in your context. I mean, there there's stories of like soldiers who, you know, they're totally exhausted. They haven't slept in eighty hours, and they're you know it's minus twenty. They either keep walking or they or they die. You know, it's not like they're being lazy. Uh, um. So so so, so I I guess it's either keep going or binge watch Netflix or something <laughs> or impossible. Uh, yeah. And, and binge watch Netflix and do something that has more immediate reward. Cause like for, right. for, 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 for me, I, as far as I see it right now that I thought it through is the, the idea that willpower is a muscle or perseverance is a muscle is a, is a way of pretty much saying that to not be lazy involves actively not being lazy. That's kind of the analogy. But, that I, 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 yeah. but Tyler, I think you're missing the point of like a, a muscle is is fatigable. Um, you can tire a muscle out. And so you having to expend all of this energy and, and not sleep and have to take power naps, you're, ex, you're expending so much willpower and, and perseverance and your ability, your cognitive ability to even handle all that stuff that that yeah you're eventually going to fatigue i i'm willing to venture however that if you were to experience now having gone through uh that that past hardship if you were to experience something now that is similarly difficult you will be better equipped emotionally to to handle those demands and persevere through it because you've already experienced that and you know how to handle that. So that's kind of where the analogy is for for me that it's a muscle is that if you use it, yes, it gets stronger, but you can use it so much that you just burn yourself out and then you have no willpower anymore, right? So it's it's kind of like a, a 
a tenable analogy, I guess, but it's 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 definitely a bit difficult. Yeah, I, I've I've never I've never thought I, I've only ever thought about the the analogy the muscle analogy because like that state like your vocal cords are a muscle that you develop. Like it's, it's always, it, 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 that's always, you know, whenever I've heard it in the context, I've only ever heard it as it's, it's, you know, it's weight training. If, if you keep using it, you'll get stronger yeah. at it. I, if you're, if you're, if you're extrapolating it and using it as a, you know, your muscle will fatigue eventually. That's actually interesting to me because yes, yeah. you're correct. That that makes sense. I've never actually thought of it that way, um, and I wish and I and I guess hearing that, I wish that more people thought that way because even with Teo just kind of saying, "Oh yeah," I feel like most people don't think about that phrase in the fatigue way. They think about it as the building strength way. Um, yeah, and and if you want to even extrapolate it more. Um, it can be helpful when you are about to reach fatigue to ask for help to get through those last few sets. Classically, when you work out, people will go to to failure and then they'll reduce the the resistance a little bit so it's a little easier, which is similar to getting help, right? Uh, in comparison to what you were just doing. And so you kind of, you, you, you do that and then you go to failure again and then you make the challenge a little easier and then you fail again and then make it. A, so that's a, a, a method of working out. I'm not sure if it's so applicable to to your willpower to just burn yourself out like that, but but it's it's probably a method to 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 go until you like until you can't handle it uh, to to be to become better equipped to dealing with it in the future. Cool, leveling leveling up the metaphor there. That's awesome. That's that's cool. I'm now <laughs> going to use that metaphor more often in public, and people are not going to understand how much nuance it actually has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such such is life. <laughs> and and there 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 was something else that was that was um kind of said that I'm interested in and it's it's just it, it Teo said this thing where he kind of said um uh can you and I'm, and I'm kind of paraphrasing to get of context because my notes are terrible and I've realized is that he said something along the lines of that you can, you know, be possibly good at things you hate. Um, and you can also possibly be good at things you love. Um, it, and it'll probably be easier. Um, the, the reason I've, I, I kind of found that statement interesting is, and, and, and we're, and is because there was one quote that, came to mind that I, that I really have always kind of found is my favorite quote. And I have forgotten it for probably the last four years. Um, and the last time I brought it up, I remembered that a, um, it was in a program for being credentialed to be a high school teacher. And, um, I brought it up at one point and then the student teacher next to me essentially yelled at me and called me an asshole when I said that brought this quote up. Um, <laughs> that's for context anyway. Um, and it was, and it was a quote by, uh, Corey Taylor of Slipknot and of, uh, Stone Sour. And the, and, and, and it was an interesting quote because it was actually him giving a, uh, like a motivational speech at the Oxford at Oxford 
the and and I and, and I want to say every month or so at Oxford they kind of bring in um, successful people to essentially just speak, um, and they can have um, whatever motivational speech they want. There's, there's there's no real structure to it, and 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 the thing that he ended up saying, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit was. Um, he said that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't pursue things that you love or like. You should pursue things that you're good at because things that you're good at, you will learn to like. Hmm. And for mm -hmm. me, that quote was kind of a weird light bulb moment, especially if I bring it back to kind of that instrument, my, my instrument story, whereby, you know, I kind of liked music, I enjoyed the music, but it was always such a struggle for me, like making, making melodies from pianos. I'm like, oh, I don't even understand. Like, I know what I want to do, but I can't do it. Um, I know what I want to sound like. I can't do it, but you know, give me someone else's piano soundtrack and I'll make it sound amazing. Um, I can't do it myself. Um, but then, you know, when I picked up the drums, it was, oh, I'm just really good at this. I'm learning it and I'm doing, you know, relatively um, intermediate things within uh, uh, half a year. And, oh, you know what? I really enjoy being good at this. And um that notion for so that kind of sentiment for me has always been something that every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that you know what that quote is still still true. However, I bring it up because when I said it originally, as I said, someone turned to me and said because because I brought it up in the context of um, someone was saying that you know, they found teaching being, uh, teaching being very, very hard and emotionally draining, but they like it. And I, and I basically gave them this quote after they kind of said that. And they're like, how dare you? How dare you say I not be a teacher? I love teaching. And, and, and the, 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 the amount of time I put into it is, is, is irrelevant. Cause at the end of the day, I, I, I do enjoy it. And, you know, to this day, I, 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 I wish I could, um, speak with them kind of now to, to, to see, you know, you know, now that you're actually in the job for five, six years, how do you feel now? Do you still enjoy it? Cause you did find it so difficult. Or are you now kind of in like a routine of, um, doing the same thing every year? Anyway. I just want to add that, that mm. I kind of disagree with, um, with this guy's quote in the first place. And the reason why is have have you ever watched the uh, the anime show One Punch Man? No. I mean, I've heard of it. I know the premise of it, but I've never watched it. So so it's it's about this guy, and essentially he's just the strongest motherfucker ever, and and he's a superhero, right? This is a cartoon, and so uh, or anime. Oh my god, calling it a cartoon, I'm gonna get How killed. How dare for you? Oh, oh my god. Well, it was actually originally a manga. <laughs> Yeah, mange. Okay. Anyways, um, so so we 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 have this one punch guy, and he's the strongest guy in the world, and and so essentially, like nobody can even stand a chance against him. He just like he can haymaker anybody. Like Godzilla doesn't stand a chance. He just jumps up, haymakers it with one punch, and then walks away. 
and and so it's something that he's extraordinarily good at but he's so dejected while he does it because <laughs> he's completely lost the challenge behind it um so 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 yeah he, you can be you can be you know do something that that you're good at uh or or sorry do something that that yeah, sorry. Do something that you're good at. I I don't necessarily agree with because if you don't enjoy it, you eventually won't get any joy out of doing that thing that you're good at in the first place. Now I don't know. There's some there's some so, so, there's some so bigger I, uh, metaphor to be made with the One Punch Man, but you I, should definitely hit it up. It's see, on Netflix. I kind of, I I get that, and I'm not going to be a dick and say, well, that's an anime with um, unrealistic uh, physic physics properties. Yeah. Um, because because I think I I think that I think that is unfair because you know if 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 you had some sort of interdimensional being that could do that, would they feel bored and 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 complacent in life? Probably they wouldn't probably enjoy themselves too much. <laughs> But yeah. but with a lot of things that that I've tried to apply it to, um, uh, uh, you know, barring these interdimensional uh, infinite strength people, um, or he's just a guy that worked out a lot. The One Punch Man, uh, or you know, anyone <laughs> who has those Infinity Gems and Avengers or whatever. Yeah. Um, cause, cause, cause when you're, when, when you kind of have, I feel like ultimate power, yeah, I can see you get bored, but in, 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 if you bar things from being ultimately powerful, <laughs> I yeah, super no, of course. <laughs> um, and, 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 and you know what, now that you could, this, this, this could possibly hold true if you had ultimate power. The only reason I can't physically comprehend it is because I don't, I've never experienced ultimate power, but so, so maybe if I did, then I could comprehend how this could work. But for most things, there's always a way to always challenge yourself more. You just might have to do some lateral thinking. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with it. At the end of the day, I, I think that the landscape is that human competition makes it so that you'll never be the one punch guy. Like, I'm sure LeBron James still enjoys dunking on everybody like he probably still likes that um even though he's like one of the best if not the best i don't know maybe i just kicked up a controversy and I, well i think i think <laughs> i think he would still enjoy it because because it's not like you i mean he kind of does always win but it's not like you always are perfect there, there there's I'm, I'm sure that he has moments where he's like yeah i i fib that a little bit i mean you know my fibbing is like everyone else's you know like a game so my fib didn't really do anything but i know personally that i fib there and i could get better in this or this um, yeah most people are yeah, at least the pursuit so, of perfection uh, com uh competitive with themselves sufficiently to keep things interesting yeah push yourself so so neither ne neither of you like both of you both of you kind of full-heartedly kind of agree with that statement you wouldn't no. there's not something you would challenge it challenge that at all with like I, I don't really agree with the the do it whatever you are good at, but like do do both, do something that you're good at and something that you like, if you can, yeah. if you found that. Yeah, both are both are necessary. I mean, I I, th I think I think the principle of do do what you good at is is a is a, is a really important thing to keep in mind because I, you, you don't want to be committing your life to something you're not that good at and. 
yeah. you're not really serving society. Yeah, I, 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 I do want to kind of um, clarify that that was in the context of obviously, well, like it maybe not so obvious. That was in the context of finding essentially the job that you should have for your life. Yeah. yeah I was just going to say this, this doing something that you're good at is probably a really good, like diagnostic indicator. Like what we were saying before finding something that you hate to do is probably a good thing to avoid doing something that you're really good at is probably something that you should spend time developing and, and you might find that, that enjoyment in it. Um, but if you don't like it and you're good at it, is it worth it to persevere? See that that question I've been approached with, and and my my response um, my response is generally that, and it's very personal to me, and 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 the reason why is there is one thing that I can think of where I was really really good at it, but oh my god, did it make me miserable. And we've actually already talked about it. And that was, I'm, I like math and physics were, were, were my best subjects. Um, in, and, and, and they still are to this day. I've not gotten a higher grade, um, than math and physics. Um, and I'm, and I'm, and, and, and they're probably my two, especially physics is my favorite, my favorite subject, um, uh, I like, I, I like the concepts, um, and, and whatever, but doing them brought me so much misery, um, because the, the, the mathematical problem for me was it, it, it came to a scenario where, um, if I did not understand a math problem, I would legitimately not sleep until I solved it, um, and my, my infamous story was there was one physics textbook I had in first year where they wrote down an equation incorrectly in the textbook. Um, and I knew that essentially <laughs> that, that equation should solve the question. Um, and, and so I sat there for eight hours one day. Could it, like, just doing the same math question, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I then ended up realizing halfway through doing the problem that if you apply bed, and I wish I still had the textbook, but if you apply bed mass rules um, to, which aren't again really rules and whatever, I'm not going to get into that tale. Um, but if, <laughs> if, if you if if you applied bed mass to this equation and how, which usually works 99% of the time to solve most math problems, you could actually solve. You could actually get three separate answers depending on how you solve the question. And I wish that I had the thing just so Teo could like wrap his head around how that actually works. <laughs> but essentially going through multiplication division and trying to simplify for the X variable that I needed in that equation, you could do it three different ways without actually breaking bed mass. Therefore, um, the answer could never truly be gotten because it, you just didn't really it's random chance if you got the right answer um an answer could be gotten but not the answer that they're looking for necessarily Here, here's the here's here's the kicker it was also incorrectly written so that not only <laughs> could you get three separate answers none of those answers were the correct answer um 
And is and 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 so what I realized is in this in this question they had um, they had and, and I'm getting way into math and everyone's like oh my gosh he's talking about math um, besides Taya who's really probably interested right now and it, 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 this <laughs> equation had had t- it had tan x in it at some point um, and what essentially happened is I had to derive the equation that I needed. And so I had to build it from scratch. And by doing that, I saw where they kind of made the mistake. And it was something weird whereby if you wrote the equation um, and derived it and you got sine X over cosine X, um, the equation could be solved correctly. But if you simplified sine X to cosine X to tan X, the equation could not be solved. And it was something weird with the property of sine, cosine, and tangent. And, mo- and, and you learn in high school that sine over cosine equals tan. Um, and it, it, but in this math equation of how they wrote it, it didn't work. And so essentially I spent 30 hours solving this one question. And in literally when I got the answer, in that moment I realized I never want to be a mathematician and I don't want to be an engineer and I don't want to be physics. Not because... Um, uh, 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 I suck at it, but because that made me the most miserable I've ever been in my life. And it, and yes, that made me more miserable than that time where I had to work for 11 months and got to the extreme fatigue. Um, I've never been <laughs> Those so eight fr- hours were so brutal. I've never been so frustrated <laughs> in my life. Um, and, and so, yes, I'm, I, I'm good at that, but, um, I would never, I, I, I hate it and I would I wouldn't um pursue it. Um But you could be a millionaire if you pursued that, right? Like the the whole like what I was asking is is if if it's worth it to pursue it regardless of whether or not you you, you hate it because you're good at it. So because you're good at it, like it, it, it seems that you've you you lost the spark for it because you were exposed to an unwinnable situation, which which to me, like what they did, uh, like that's a that's that's the Kobayashi Maru right in in Star Trek. Most people know that. I'm sure our fans know it. If you don't, it's just this unwinnable situation in which, uh, like these these starship captains have to save a uh, a, a small ship. And and it's a it's a simulation, and and no matter what you do, you will always lose. They've set it up so that you can't win it, and it's it's designed as a as a stress test for captains. Um, so so the people that come into it and and they 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 experience this unwinnable situation, and they lose their cool, and and then they decide they don't want to be a captain anymore. Those weren't the people that the Starship Enterprise wanted, right? That's not what Starfleet wanted for their captains. Um, and I don't, this kind of sounds almost insulting. Like I'm like, we don't want you as a captain. Um, but, but it's those stress tests that they really will, will decide whether or not uh, you're, you're going to make it in, into, into whatever you're doing. Like you could very well have, uh, if you stuck with it, been a, been a mathematician and, and made millions of dollars consulting or, or solving like some math problem because I think there's like some some math problem that yeah. is is tasked out by the the community every year or something to be solved yeah, there's and there's cash prize. And, and, yeah, and, so like the, there's these methods that you could have done, right? Um, 
and and I feel you're overly dissuaded because of this unwinnable situation. And and on top of that, uh, pure mathematics. That go, there are a lot of fields of mathematics that don't have you solving uh, equations. So you know. Yeah. Well, I, I, and, I, and you're young. You you could you could always make the transition. You know? I, I, I I yeah. It's never too late, guys. Tyler. Guys, don't maybe bring up the death cast again and how my life is already thirty three percent over, please. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the the. I, 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 I uh, thank you because thank you, Gunner, for that that statement. Only because I legitimately once again forgot what I was talking about, um, <laughs> as has as so happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the the where where I wanted to go with that story um, was that that for me I I had this situation um, that that I hated and I quit. But for me. I was okay with quitting it, and and to this day, I'm still okay quitting it, because for me, I've I I, I realized at a, a time previously in my um, timeline is that I'm I have multiple things that I am good at, so I can sacrifice one to do something else. Um. And, 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 and we're, 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 and the reason why I kind of started that story off by saying, and, and this is for me personally is because I do, I do know, um, a couple people, um, that I've met over the years that they've really only found one thing that they're, that, you know, at least they tell me that they're gen, they genuinely think they're good at. So it's kind of mm. a weird thing if they quit it because they don't have something else to pivot into. Um, it would be kind of like in, in Teo's, um, possible sense and i'm putting words into his mouth is if he's you know he had a choice at one point between music and these other things and tennis and it's 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 easier to pivot away from tennis which you could possibly be good at into something else if you know something else you're already good at it's okay to make that it's a lot easier for your brain to rationalize that sacrifice um so so for me that the the don't do things you hate works in that context um and in 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 just adding on to that story in a, in a random way is also by doing that i did realize um years later that uh i was worse at the other subjects that i pursued in lieu of physics which brought me much distress for many many years and i think i only finally um in this last year or two pretty much came to terms with leaving physics and math truly, I guess, because it was, I, 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 I didn't like the subject I was in because like biology is, um, I, I got shoehorned into biology at one point and biology is a very, is, is taught in a very memorization way. And I just don't find any value in that. Yeah. I kind of liked chemistry and physics and math, which was very, applied knowledge like you got the theories and you applied the theories whereas usually biology is taught as there are no theories which doesn't make sense to me yeah so it's uh, you're, you're more oriented towards uh, first principles thinking yeah i i i kind of have a similar relationship to biology like i really like biology it's super interesting particularly like evolutionary theory i find it fascinating and but actually studying it and getting into the nitty gritty of like the science of it, I, I'm not, I'm not very good at it. 
Um, and it's, it's just not really something I, I, I was very good at like just memorizing large systems with a ton of components. I, I like the, the theoretical aspect of it though. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's same with me. I have to really slog through the 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 rote learning of a BSc right. before. Like I've found a bit more enjoyment out of out of uh, learning and stuff in grad school because it's it's more theorizing, in mm. my opinion, not so much just slogging through memorizing a textbook. And 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 I think for a lot of you know a, a lot of humans, they get they get this weird moment in their life where it's if you're really good at memorizing things when you get put in situations that don't require memorizing, I, I find that you get very, very distressed if that's your right. identifying thing. Um, mm-hmm. Subsequently, if you're not good at memorizing and you're told to memorize everything, you get very, very distressed. Like the one thing I find about biology yeah. is it's, 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 a, it's kind of really good fun. It's fun, it's fun popcorn facts. <laughs> Beyond right. popcorn facts, like the, 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 it, it really only is fun when you're actually doing research. Hmm. Because you're, theorizing i was gonna say uh another really distressing thing is to is to you know spend a lot of time doing something that that you're really good at and then and then having to for whatever reason transition away and then yeah do something that you might hate yeah because of no no other reason like might not pay as well or something Mm -hmm. pigeonholed into whatever uh scenario yeah I think that's 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 one of the worst scenarios when you have to stop something that you enjoy to go and do something that you hate. And 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 actually, that exact notion is um, like for me personally. That's that's where that's where my quit my my quitting scenario happened. Um, where where uh, pretty much kind of before grad school, slightly before teaching. Um, I did a lot of um, uh, film stuff, made a lot of videos, did a lot of music-based things, and and was kind was was surprisingly good at it. Um, and I really enjoyed doing it, and I was kind of good at it for based on like based on the budget that I was working with. Um, it was the kind of like unbeatable um what i could output and 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 that was kind of something that, that that i really really enjoyed doing um and then it was for for kind of the reason of i guess people no longer being able to support it slash it possibly not making enough money to people wanted to support it. And, and, and I'm talking about staff when I say that. Um, I essentially had to pivot time away for it, went into teaching, um, which thankfully I kind of always kind of did my entire life and I've always kind of had a skill at it. Um, and then from teaching, I went into doing this kind of science degree for, again, external reasons. So I, I pivoted super far away from something um, that I enjoyed doing. And for for many years, um, it was essentially the one thing that I quit. Um, and it was 
kind of, and, and, and it gave me a lot of distress, um, emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, and the, what I kind of wanted to get back to with, with the, the, the quitting is, is based on kind of these various scenarios and these various discussions as we kind of near the, near, near the end of this discussion is, is there like a finite statement that you can make of when it is okay to quit something? Cause I'm still not like personally, um, through the, dis- through the discussion, I still haven't quite figured out if I have that statement yet. Finite statement, man. Um, I would say it would be something like along the lines of you have to maintain a level of of self-assessment and an ability to see where you are and what your goals are and 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 determine when those two things aren't coherent with what you're currently doing. Um, like if you find yourself, I, I don't know, that's even tough, but, but you you would have to adopt methods like surrounding yourself with a bunch of people whose, whose input that you value or, or, you know, writing things down to kind of assess your own mindsets. Um, doing these kinds of things will, will help you to identify when it's appropriate, because I don't think that anyone has an inbuilt red flag. I don't think that that really exists. Um, yeah. I, I mean, outside of like core responsibilities, like if you have kids and you're just kind of you're 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 pursuing your your science fiction writing career and you're not selling any books, <laughs> and then um, yeah, you're you yeah, then you need to feed your kids and yeah, do something. You don't and like. so that'd be an example of like your kid would be someone. Uh, that you should trust their input. Hey, I mm. don't have enough food. Trust their input. <laughs> uh, like that kind of goes back to that are woman starving hungry? her kid. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Are you really? Are you just lying to me so you'll get me to stop writing these fucking novels? You're the reason why yeah, my books no. aren't selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's psych- like psychotic a little bit. So, so like, yeah. If your kids are going hungry call or quits. It's, it's, it's not gonna, it's not panning out. Um, if there's people that you really trust surrounding you that are kind of giving you these flags, like it, it, it comes down to really, um, being able to self-assess and being self-aware. Uh, yeah. When you're, when you're doing harm to those you love and to yourself. And yeah. Yeah. So, so, so like flags from other people and flags from yourself. Yes. So, so, so knowing yourself. Yeah. So it's an, it's, it's kind of entirely like a red pill moment where it's, you quit when your basic needs or the basic needs of your dependents or your shattering relationships, when, when, when those things are happening or not met, that's when you quit. Or, or when you can, uh, you might be able to foresee things going quite sour in the long run and you can afford to make the redirect now then 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 you quit 
Yeah, like Titanic. It, it would have been a lot better if they would have uh, steered that ship away a bit sooner than than when, like, if they had advanced systems to let them know, like, I don't know, a little boat in front of it to tell it, hey, I, I've been down this road before. There's a fucking iceberg there. You guys should probably steer clear of it. Maybe it wouldn't have sunk and killed all those people. I'm on fire with these analogies tonight. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You got to use other people as well as your own echolocation on board the Titanic, right? <laughs> or else you'll sink for sure. And you're bringing dolphins into this analogy. Well, so, so, sonar. I don't know if they had sonar back then. It was like the tens. I mean, I guess I guess sonar makes Sonar is a muscle, you see. <laughs> <laughs> you got to exercise it. Um one 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 thing that 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 I noticed um was interesting and it kind of contradicts a previous episode um, possibly is that we kind of summarize this by saying um, essentially uh, you know uh, sometimes in life things don't go your way you have to bail ship um, and figure out something else when you need to even if that is the thing that you like doing or you think you're good at doing you still have to live that kind of brings into a whole entire another podcast around what happens in that scenario and how do you live your life possibly just trying to make ends meet. But the statement that Gunner made sounded like to figure out when to quit versus when to persevere involves living a uh, goal-oriented life or, 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 or direction. Um, because you kind of, you, you, you kind of made, you, you kind of sounded like to me that you were saying, um, you can, if, if you're, if you're tasked with a, uh, uh, task, if you're tasked with a task and you have to do something, um, and you're just in this moment where you're deciding whether to persevere through this moment or quit it, you have to, you have to look at what your goals are in life or where you want to go or what you want to do or et cetera, et cetera. And then decide if I persevere through this, then it will help me get there. If it doesn't help me get where I want to go, then it makes sense to quit. Before I go any further, is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that does a decent job at it was there also like a um a self-reflection piece too like having goals but you're like it's also knowing yourself yeah like there definitely has to be the the self-reflection aspect to it i yeah no yeah so so like knowing your goals but like knowing that your goals are actually your goals and not just someone right, else's right. expectational goals on you um um and yeah so knowing that you if i use teo as an example that i want to be a tennis player i don't want to be a tennis player um, now the reason why, especially from Gunner that I found this interesting is I think it was last week where we were talking about, and I wish that I remembered, but we were kind of, I was kind of thinking at the end, it was near the end of, I think it was last week's podcast, um, where can someone remind me what the topic was last week? It was, um, abstract versus concrete. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think, and I think, and I think near the end of it, we were talking about, um, the, the breathing, the breath moment. Oh yeah. Right. 
And I can't, yeah. re- and, and I wish I could remember how we got into the breath mode because there was one, there was one kind of point in there. I wh- said that. I said that as a, as a way of me identifying of when I'm happy. Right. It was happiness. Right. Right. Happiness was the key word there. So, cause cause originally I was thinking we, we were talking about, um, you know, like self-help books and how, and how to get to being happy. And, and, and usually they say vague stuff. So then I kind of threw out there, well, does that mean that it makes more sense to kind of be task or goal oriented to get to that moment of happiness? Like you would initially want this, let's break down how you get there by going Mm -hmm. to B, to, to A, to B, to C, to D, to E, to F, to get to your ultimate goal. When you compare, but, but then we kind of concluded that, you know, if you do that goal-oriented thing, that doesn't necessarily make you happy because, like, we, as we kind of just described last week, the things that made us happy were things that we didn't really, at least I didn't really expect. And it was just kind of like you looked back and you sat back and you're like, ha, ah. and, you, and you breathe down and you realize that this is life, this is what makes me happy, this is interesting, this interaction of just, you know, life and how different life forms come together and do various things. So, Mm -hmm. so, so what I find interesting is we say that you, you, you know, when to quit or to persevere based on some goal you're trying to get to. But when you contrast that with last week, that goal you're trying to get to doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to make you happy. Yeah. That's the, the great gamble of life, I guess. You got to take a risk and, and decide based on what you know in the present, what you think is going to make you happy in the future. I don't know. I, f- I, f- I feel like these are, these, we're talking about two different scales. Like happiness is something that happens in the moment and is somewhat unpredictable and spontaneous. And like goals aren't that by definition. They're, they're things you make, try, ideally you make them concrete and they're rather static. And um, I, I, I guess I guess what one could do is set a goal for themselves that maximizes the the probability of um, of having a lot of spontaneous happy moments <laughs> from now until the until reaching the goal, uh, or or ha- has like a or, or or after reaching the goal, I guess. You made that much more mathematical and make more sense than I wanted it to be because I just wanted to kind of, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of play the stupid card of saying, well, you know what? At the end of the day, whether you persevere or quit, it doesn't matter because that because whether you persevere or quit, that's not what's going ju- to denote whether you're happy or not. But you had to go and make it make a lot of sense. I just want to tell people that they can quit if they want. We to. can write different uh, um, self help books, or we could collaborate and have different uh, Ooh, different chapters. You'd be like, you would be like, it's okay to quit. We'd be like, no, it's not, unless it's concrete. <laughs> what, were our to- what would our topics be of our first book? Hey, you know what's weird? Now that I think, now that now that this is being said, <laughs> is 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 apparently like self help book books from um, online influencers are like the new thing. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know, but like, because I haven't read the book, but like, have did, have you guys heard of the book, um, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck? It's like an orange. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an yeah, orange totally. cover with whatever. It's an orange cover with yeah. black text. Um, so like, Apparently, a, it's really, really popular with doctors or something. 
Oh, doctors. Wow. They must know what the doctors. Doctors. Doctors like it, guys. Mm, wow. um, that must mean something, mm, cool. right? I no, it. apparently it's a really good book, though. So I'm the, I'm the only one who's read it. Okay. But um, <laughs> the, 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 this book essentially is, um, uh, and I read it about a year or two ago, um, but, it, but, but kind of the, the, the big kind of takeaway conclusion is that at the end of the day, um, it doesn't really matter what other people think. Um, there's really no point to caring what their opinion is. Um, and so, and so, and so how do you, um, get to that mindset essentially? So it's, so it's kind of like telling you in a way how to, uh, live, live your life. And, 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 and those kind of like very sassy title books ever since that book came out has been, uh, very popular. So, um, I, I, I'm taking, uh, your, uh, uh, recommendation or your, 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 um, uh, idea Teo, and I'm saying that you know this might be a very uh, profitable uh, scientific uh, <laughs> avenue to pursue because for example um, uh, uh, some youtubers uh, that, are, that got really big because they uh, broke off BuzzFeed or whatever called the try guys uh, they did another they're, they're releasing another book called the hidden power of fucking up which you know is a which they title as an inspirational self-improvement guide that tells you that's fucking up is okay essentially um well like uh millennials we 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 need our our fancy titles that are you know politically incorrect enough and and you know just just sassy enough that yeah. they can they can hold our attention just, Ooh, i like swear words <laughs> <laughs> well well it's, it's like not wanting to admit that we that we like swear words it's it's, it's 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 sort of an aversion the secret uh love of political incorrectness but an aversion to it and the sass makes it digestible <laughs> nice yeah and 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 yeah no exactly and more not only digestible but appealing right and, yes. i'm gonna sound like a broken and, record and, here and marketable it was, it was a book that you so, read so tyler did this everyone book really enjoyed and i read it and yeah, i was, was like, it a good read yeah okay like duh like this kind of makes like this this makes sense but i kind of thought like I, I kind of had that feeling going into it because one of my biggest uh qualities or greatest qualities and greatest um weaknesses is my complete indifference to everyone's opinion and thought for mm -hmm. the most part um it was kind of like i used it as kind of like a defense mechanism growing up um so i kind of already right. don't give a fuck about people's opinions so i kind of just read it and i'm like wow you put what i thought into words for many years in a very fun and humorous way um but if it's if 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 you're if you're if you're you know if if, if you're curious of someone else's interpretation of how you should not care what people think i thought it was pretty yeah, funny. might not be so obvious to everyone yeah. either i've on i've i've had that 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 uh fear with our podcast a lot because we veer on self-help occasionally and sometimes occasionally when i when, yeah occasionally all all my topics are self-help at the end of the day and and occasionally like when i'll be uh re-listening to them i'll kind of listen and be like well god that's so obvious like and the way that i say it is like so profound or something <laughs> like oh willpower is a muscle or something like these things these that i bring up 
they sometimes are so obvious to everyone, but yeah, maybe, maybe the book will help you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> See, but, but, but Gunnar, I have to, I have to support you here and I have to, and I have to say that, you know, while, while a lot of what we say, you know, makes sense, I think that we have to um, admit that it makes, that I think that it, I, we either add nuance to it, such as we learn a multiple layer of the mm-hmm. muscle analogy um, that me and Teo clearly did not know um, or think about. Um, but then also all, what I find, what I find is a lot of statements, um, that kind of, kind of seem common sense. They work if you take a, like a, like a 15 second segment of a speech. Um, and it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But tying it all together is definitely something that is quite difficult. And I think that's, and I think that is like a, a lot of opinion formation is people have that 15 seconds that makes a lot of sense. But they, but they don't get the context of around that fifteen seconds. It's also, it's also un, unarticulated too. Like, like mm-hmm. you hear someone say something, and then you just have a feeling like, yeah, you know, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can't, you, you, you might not even be able to recite it thirty seconds later. Yeah. Uh, you just sort of have this emotional agreement. Yeah, to or it. or it's or it's super abstract, and you kind of did your own interpretation, like me and Teo did with your muscle analogy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, like, let's, that's part of the reason why I, I enjoy doing this podcast yeah, so much is, is that hopefully what I say, someone will get some help from it. Maybe the, the, yeah, nuance that I bring to the table, someone hasn't been exposed to. And, uh, and so that's like, yeah, keeps me going. That's my, that's my, the reason why I persevere. Maybe I can help you guys or the listeners, anyone anybody and one of these days possibly as a uh you know patreon.com slash infinite monkeys goal uh when we reach a subscriber threshold of if i just randomly throw a number out there like 100 you might see the coming (laughs) self-help book from the infinite monkeys um featuring uh tyler's infamous chapter um quit while you're ahead and then uh gunner's chapter of persevere through the shit and then tail's chapter of do whatever you want man (laughs) plus a giant uh graph with uh, a whole bunch of nodes and and lines and arrows and stuff this whole theory yeah it's the entire the entire chapter is written in a math in a math equation well, it's 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 uh, more it's it's simpler that way, you know. It's, it takes up it's less more space. concrete, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's tangible. Yeah. Like, how Precisely. can you be how can you be any more concrete than math? The chapter will be one sentence long. It'll be two lines. All the information's there. You just gotta you just gotta go back to the axis. That's, that's a very eloquent equation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this was episode uh, 020, a podcast on quitting. Um, uh, I quit cast or persevering or, persevere, or, pierce, or persevere, persevering. You know, whatever, whoever, whoever uh, opinion you want, you want to follow. I, I, I recommend persevering. <laughs> I recommend persevering. I think, I think Teo and Gunnar's opinion is a lot better than mine of quitting and everything. Um, Remember that everything that we say is not fact-checked. You can check us out on iTunes and leave a review. You can check it on Patreon, as we just said. You can follow us at our various social media handles. And 
possibly open up the 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 can of worms of telling us when it is appropriate to quit or when it's not appropriate to quit or is quitting ever appropriate uh you can send us your uh, uh opinions on various social medias um such as twitter where you can find gunner at uh gunner reese you can find uh teo at teo gady you can find uh, me at Tyler J. Wenzel. You can also just, you know, anonymously send us an email using your um, uh, pink bunnies at hotmail.com account. Um, so it's an anonymous entry and you can email us at infinitemonkeys at gmail.com. Uh, Intimate Monkeys podcast. It's got to have the podcast in there or it will not go to us. <laughs> infinite Monkeys. It'll go to some other Infinite Monkeys. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll, it'll come around eventually. <laughs> They'll just, they'll just keep. Yeah, Infinite Monkeys podcast. I, I, I have, I have this theory, Gunner. <laughs> I have this theory. If, if, if we keep plugging the wrong email every week, and they get, and they get, <laughs> <laughs> they'll just forward them to Eventually, us. Eventually, at some point, they'll get no, no, even better. At, at some point, they'll start forwarding us the emails, and at some point, they'll be like, "I'm so fucking sick of this shit," that they will just give us the email account. <laughs> I think. I, like I think our plan. plan is foolproof. Yeah, a war of attrition. So we can out we can out persevere them. So listeners, um, tell your friends to email infinitemonkeys at gmail.com. And if you actually want your <laughs> we get an infinite number of emails, <laughs> then <laughs> And if you want to make sure that your uh your your uh question gets to us, um I recommend that you email infinitemonkeys at gmail.com, but just cc infinitemonkeys. <laughs> at gmail.com to make sure that both we're hitting two birds with one stone here anyway this is episode uh, 020 and we are out bye bye see you guys I don't want no lunch all I want is potato chips potato chips how my mouth does potato chips potato chips crunch crunch I don't want no lunch all I want is potato chips